0: Welcome to chapel. Hey, I want you to know a little bit about how this is going to work on Wednesdays. I don't know, uh, those of you who are new to our program, each Monday uh, we probably won't have as much music, we'll have different speakers and things like that, but on Wednesdays we call it kind of a just us experience, meaning we come together in this place and we worship and sometimes we worship in different styles and in different ways, but we always worship the same God. Um, We worship Jesus Christ here, and so I want you to know that Wednesdays it's going to be a worship service, um, so it might feel a little different than Monday's. I'm glad that you're here. Before we get started, I want to share with you two quick words. One, if you're sitting here thinking, you know, I, I really wouldn't mind diving a little deeper into some theological discussion or maybe uh, talking about a passage of scripture or maybe just being a part of a small group of some type so that I can find a place to connect. Um, there are a lot of small groups offered on our campus. Some of them are involved in Bible studies. Some of them are involved and uh, going through a book study together. And maybe that's something that you've thought, hey, I want to do that. Um, The easiest way to get involved in that, they're all listed on baylor.edu slash spiritual life. If you go to the spiritual life homepage, um, You can look on the right-hand side of the page, and there's a little banner that says small groups. If you'll click on that banner, um, it'll take you to a bunch of information about small groups and how to get plugged in, when those meet, where those meet, those types of things. A lot of students come into the Bobo Spiritual Life Center and study scripture or study a book together at various times of the day. And I've seen a lot of transformation take place in people's lives through those. So I hope you'll take that opportunity. Um, to heart. Also, I want you to know that every May, I get an incredible opportunity to take students just like yourselves to Africa. And this next May, I'm going to take some students to Ghana, but there will be other people on our campus taking students to Kenya and Rwanda and Uganda. There will also be other places than that continent. There will be students going to Greece, Honduras. Um, Los Angeles, a lot of other locations. So I just want you to know that Missions at Baylor is a a great program that's going on in this place. If you'll go to baylor.edu slash spiritual life again, there's another banner right below the small groups banner that says Explore Missions at Baylor. If you'll click there... It'll take you to a bunch of mission opportunities. It's literally you guys who we go with. And every, every uh, May, I get to go with students. You need to know that a lot of those trips leave right after graduation. And they get back right before summer school starts. So it's not going to conflict with your schooling at all. Um, and so go check that out and just take a look around the website and kind of see what might be available for you. I want you to meet Josh Plant. Josh Plant is a seminary student at Truett. and He's somebody I've worked with for a couple years. And he he's going to come here this morning and several times this semester and lead us in worship. And one of the things I want you to know about Josh is he's really not. And this band of people are not trying to draw you to themselves. Or to anything of that nature. They simply want to provide an opportunity for you to come into this place and worship a living and vibrant God who cares for you and cares for us, and that we believe is active in the world today. So we're going to start this morning with Josh leading us in some worship together. So let's stand together this morning as we sing and begin our time of worship together.
1: Sometimes I fail, still your mercy remains. And should I stumble again, I'm caught in your grace everlasting. Your light will shine with all else fades, never ending. Your glory goes beyond all faith. to me from the inside out oh let justice is
2: privilege to introduce to you today the speaker who will be coming up in just a few moments, Ashley Mangrum. Some of you may know her. She's a resident chaplain in the North Village community, and so she has a pastoral presence not only in the larger Baylor community, but also particularly for North Village, and she'll be sharing with us in a moment a word from the Lord in John chapter 2, verse 1 through 11. So let's look at that and lean into this passage for a moment. John chapter 2. On the third day, a wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When the wine was gone, Jesus' mother said to him, They have no more wine. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied. My time has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. then he called the bridegroom aside and said everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink but you have saved the best till now this is the first of his miraculous signs jesus performed at cana in galilee he thus revealed his glory and his disciples put their faith in him would you pray with me? God, the reality is that we live in a world that is drenched in the dew of your presence. Help us to be awakened to all that you are in our life and in our world. May the simple become sacred. May the humdrum become holy. May the monotonous become miraculous because we are awakened to all that you are in our lives and in the world.
1: Rise up or you sleep away the dawn the stories are true, and Jesus makes all things new. The dawn is upon you.
3: The beginning of a new year, and I imagine some of you spent the whole break trying to forget what happened last semester, and what happened last year, and and then I imagine there are others who are so quick to get back into the routine that you've already forgotten that a new year full of new possibilities has come. You know, if something is new, then naturally there has to be something old to compare it to, and you know, if something is being made new, then It seems to me like something that was once bright and shiny has gotten a little old and dingy and is in need of a shape-up as if it can be made as good as new again. Like, say, your favorite pair of Toms that smell really bad and are caked with mud, like you can make them brand new again and restore to their former glory. But I I don't think that's what the song we just heard is talking about. I don't think God makes new in quite this way you see, it's not just about turning something old into something new. God's kind of new is about transformation. The transformation of one thing into something wholly different. God's kind of new is happening all around us. A caterpillar becomes a butterfly. You know, fall becomes winter and winter spring. A regular old truck becomes Optimus Prime. And here, today, a teenager is becoming an adult. You see, God is not in the business, simply, of making things new. God is in the business of transformation. For example, the story we heard earlier. So, Jesus is at a wedding with his mom and some of his disciples. It's in the town called Cana, which is in the region of Galilee, pretty close to Jesus' hometown. And the whole town of Cana is probably at this wedding, and so... It's no surprise that, you know, after a bit, the drinks that were being served to the wedding guests run out. Which, you know, I know what you're thinking. So what? No big deal. That means the reception's over and it's time to go home. But in that culture, weddings lasted for several days. And as long as there was people, there had to be wine. And so the place where the wedding was being held, there's these six stone barrels that were typically used for Jewish cleansing rituals. And these barrels were huge. They hold 20 to 30 gallons of water each. And so Jesus sees these barrels and he asks the people who are doing the serving to fill them up with water to the brim. And then he says, so now draw some out and take it to the head waiter. And when the waiter tastes this water, it wasn't water at all but wine and actually the best wine that he'd ever put in his mouth. Miraculously, water had become wine. And the Bible tells us that the disciples see this and they believe. This story is classic, God's kind of new. He takes water and turns it into something wholly different. He takes something that's tasteless and bland, spices it up a bit, and turns it into a liquid that's rich with flavor. Yeah, this is... Water and wine, but hear me on this. Water and wine are not the point of this story. It's about becoming, it's the time in between that is so important. Yeah, you know, it's cool that now there's enough wine for the wedding guests, you know, but that's not what makes this a miracle. It's the transformation that happens along the way that's so miraculous. This story, this first. Acts that Jesus does is a vivid enactment of the gift that he offered then and the gift that he continues to offer today. Jesus not only transforms water into wine, but he transforms hearts and lives. Lives that sit empty into lives filled to the brim with purpose. Lives that are dull and a little bland into to lives that are rich with flavor and overflowing with hope. Thankfully, God in his mercy does not neglect or forget the things that we might call old or worn out. Instead, God has an eye for transformation. He sees what the old could become. The Gospel of John calls this story, calls this miracle a sign, and I think he calls it a sign because it points to something much Greater than just wine. It points to the heart of who we are called to be as Christians, or perhaps who we could be, and that's people being daily transformed from plain old water into the image of Christ. The problem is that all too often we just want the wine. You know, we want the benefits of a transformed life without having to go through the tedious process of transformation. And so some of us just settle for a watered down version of what life could be like. But then there are others who think, you know, we're already the best wine that the waiter could ever hope to taste, so there's no point in going through that whole transformation thing. But both of these indicate that maybe we're in need of a little shape of ourselves. We need to be made new again. And actually, they miss the beauty of what's really happening in this story. They miss the time in between. For without the time in between, the time spent in an ugly little cocoon, there'd be no transformation. We miss the miracle not only of the story, but the miracle that's open to our lives. You know, I think, when you think about it, I don't think Jesus transformed water into wine so that it could just sit in the barrel or so that this wine could be judgmental and self-righteous and you know, be judgmental of all other barrels of water. No, I, I think Jesus transformed water into wine so that it could be shared with others and enjoyed. And so too, we are called to share this richness of our lives as followers of Christ with others so that we can enjoy it together. And I don't think this was just a one time story a one time thing but that Jesus is calling us to live in the miracle of transformation just as the disciples witness a miracle and believe in the one doing the transforming may others see a change in us see us made new God's kind of new did you know that Before Jesus walked on water, before he helped blind people to see or healed the sick or fed 5,000 people with a sack lunch, Jesus turned water into wine. Yeah, this was his first miracle, was one of transformation. And if you know the rest of the story, you know that transformation was merely the beginning. And so, here we are at the beginning. May this beginning be one of transformation for you, that others may see a miracle in your heart and your life and believe.
1: Stretches to the hero. Your faithful name stretches to the sky.
0: And worship in this place, just take a break from our day and say, God, this time is yours, this moment is yours. We're going to end each Wednesday, um, actually, each and every chapel the same way. We're going to have a benediction together. And I just want to share with you that wh- what I'd like you to do is to not grab your bag and go ahead and put your coat on and rustle around and all of that before the benediction, but instead to wait till after that moment. Um, to just appreciate that time together to end well, and then we can go at that point. So, today, will you please rise as we receive our benediction together. We'll do the benediction together today. I'll read the words in gray, and you read the words in white. And now, as we go, may we remember how precious is your steadfast love, O God, When times are hard and we take refuge in the shadows of your wings, remind us how precious is your steadfast love, O God. When times are good and the feast is abundant, show us how precious is your steadfast love, O God. As we are all in the process of being transformed, let us recall how precious is your steadfast love, O God. Amen and amen. Have a great day.